0: Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor.
1: And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert
0: on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. hello and welcome back to another episode of our podcast, what they never told us. Yes, we are recording in our closets, but I promise you we are giving you some top-notch expert advice even if we don't have the actual you know recording space. Just just wait for it right? give us give us a little bit of time, all right. Today's episode is related to where we're at in our calendar year. Um, summer's over you know the kiddies are going back to school people are going back to college work feels different i feel like this time of the year is a little more career oriented right like especially with like college students trying to figure out like what it is that they want to do for the rest of their lives you know how daunting so today we're going to be talking about career and identity but before we get into that as always we're going to do a check-in so how are you boo
1: hey um I feel like, as you're saying, like, it's that time of year, I'm like, summer's over, it's the fall. I, mean, I know when people love fall, which is, it's not bad, but it, it, I do feel like things change. Like, once August is over, things feel very different. Um. So, I think, Um, how am I doing? How am I doing? I'm in a place where I think that um I just need to reevaluate a lot of things about myself about how I engage in spaces with other people at, you know like work pot- like everything everything like everything needs to be reevaluated cuz I think I'm shifting and changing at a pace now that doesn't seem to fit the environments that I'm in But I think there's just a lot of uncertainty in that, like, is that the case? Is it me? What does this actually mean? I just know that things don't feel like they fit anymore. um, And I have to do something about it, but I don't know what the best course of action moving forward is. So um, just kind of figuring that out. And I feel like my last few check-ins have had a similar theme. I think I'm just in a a big season of change.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. But I actually feel like that that fits with the time of the year that we're in. I've always said it once September hits, something shifts for me. Um, And that's actually the anniversary of when my father passed. So in my mind, you know, it almost feels like a renewal of something and like this gift he's giving me. And I've been experiencing it. So just to update, everybody. I have also been in a, I think we both, Crystal, have been in a, a state of transition and I couldn't handle it. My body couldn't handle it. Um, I had, I really was feeling out of myself and I thought about this if I should say it or not, but I, I do want to talk about it because it's important and it's related to mental health. But I recently started uh, medication again for my anxiety and how that affects my mood. Um, And it's weird, right? Because I've done it before. I've admitted to doing it before. I'm very pro-medication, right? I'm a mental health therapist. I believe in these things. But the fucking level of shame that I feel, like that little piece before deciding to do so or not, oh my God. Um, So, yeah, I did it. Um, I'm saying this because I hope that other people can normalize it. And take it as an option if they're also not feeling well. Like, sometimes I think that we believe we have to suffer, suffer, suffer in order to win. Like, no, we don't always have to suffer. Yeah, sometimes we need a little help.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that uh, with with us with everybody I do think that it is important I feel like especially coming from us to make sure that we we do normalize it to the point where it's not something that like oh like mental health professionals say you should do this but we're also about it right like you're you know like it's not just something that you say but it's also something that you do Um, and I think that that aligns well with our podcast and our message and I hope people hear and understand it that like we're not like when we're coming on here talking about our experiences, it's because it's real because we get it. And because the things that we say work and are helpful. Um, so I hope that this is another example to bring it home. And, um, thank you for being brave to, to say that to, you know, to fight, to fight through that shame of being like, no, nope, this is what it is. Like, I guess I have shame about it, but this is my life. This is helpful. This is healthy. And, um, Yeah, thank you for that.
0: No, thank you for that recognition. I do want to say one last thing about it, though. If you are considering medication, because we're mental health professionals, right? Speak to a therapist. Uh, Don't just ask your PCP or primary care physician or your gynecologist for medication because, oh, it might help. No, 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 no. You need to really speak to a therapist because I know I've said this before, but studies have shown when you take medication in conjunction with therapy, that is the path to getting better. Right. One mm-hmm. or the other, it, it, it could be beneficial, but together it's like the most beneficial. So please don't just uh, dive into something that you're not discussing with a professional.
1: Absolutely. No, thank you for, for saying that. Very important. So listen to the full message. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as Sasha said, uh, we're talking about <laughs> Korean identity. And I will say um. I think this is a this is a topic that's a little touchy for me because I think like I recently found out how much my identity was interwoven um, and my ego and my sense of self was interwoven into my career and how I showed up in the world. So I will say this is a sensitive topic for me. So when kind of like preparing for today's uh, episode, I did some research and I found a, a BBC work life article. That says that the most popular surname in Germany and Switzerland is Mila and it's spelled like Mueller. Um, in Ukraine, it's Melnik. And both of those words, Mueller and Melnik, are words for a Miller. Right. So like it's a, it's a type of job um, in Slovakia. The most common last name is Varga, a word that means cobbler. And in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada and in the US, it's Smith. Right. And that's like a blacksmith, a silversmith, a locksmith, a gunsmith. Right. So a lot of these names, like if you trace it back, they go to the Middle Ages when a person's job was such a defining factor in who they are that it was their last name. Like you were Sasha Blacksmith, like Sasha the Blacksmith. Like that's how interwoven your identity was, that like what you did was your your name. And then I think like uh, when we think about Work historically, like up until not that long ago, a lot of what we did for work was generational, right? Like a lot of times, you know, even even to this day, we see that, you know, if your dad's a lawyer, then it's like, okay, like you're also going to be a lawyer. And, you know, like we're going to continue with this legacy or you own a family business and it's expected that you're going to, you know, take on that family business, right? As of recently we have seen huge shifts in our culture um as more folks have had access to education a woman being in the workplace um i think at the rate that technology is going and um to kind of like keep up with the world you know we have to have created new jobs to be competitive social media technology right so i think a lot of the jobs that we mm. you know used to have back then have greatly shifted and with the US wanting to complete Globally, we've begun to really build our lives around capitalism. Um, And a lot Mm. of times in order to live in this capitalistic world, you need to have a strong education. You want to have a high um, income level so that you can enjoy, I guess, the fruits of your labor. As time has gone on, we've begun to measure um, our standing in society based on what we know, what we do, and how much we earn. So as time Mm. has gone on, we've noticed that what we do for work or what we produce for society has always been ingrained in who we are. And I think it has shifted as we shifted into a capitalistic society, but there hasn't been much of a change in the ways that we see work and who we are as almost one
0: thing. Mm. I, yo, I agree with everything you said. Absolutely. So one I want to go back to the piece that you spoke about with regards to how the job force itself is changing. Mm -hmm. You think about AI, like artificial intelligence, it's replacing people. Now we have to like fit like now we have to figure out ways that we can utilize people in in other ways. Um, It it almost it's very scary. And I think a lot of people are very resistant to this, uh, which is why this topic is so much more important, because you need to start thinking how you can creatively think about yourself In this world, not just within relation to the thing that you're doing, but why you're doing it. Right. And that's the identity piece, um, that connection, because the world is changing. And like you think about the mall like 15 years ago. Right. Like the little ticket people. And now you just put it in the machine like all those people lost their jobs. Like so. and And not to say that they're not valid, but like what what do they do now? Right. Like what. So how do we replace these jobs that have been lost with the advancement of technology is super important and ha- and what's your role in that Ooh, that sounds kind of scary but changes Inevitable. no I
1: think when you mentioned the whole AI thing it's like what happens when a computer has taken your job now you have to learn how to work the computer which takes education like you know what I'm saying like it takes effort it takes time energy do you have the resources right because tech jobs
0: Tech mm-hmm. job, like you
1: know, like the tech world is has grown so much. Um, and you everyone wants a tech job, but tech jobs are hard to get, and you need to have very concrete skills to even thrive in those environments. Um, and yeah, I think things have changed because I'm like, the malls, what is a mall? What, like, do malls exist? Yeah, like, at this yeah. point, malls have ceased to exist also
0: in um, your world, right?
1: Right, well, because at this point, I'm like, the mall, what is that? Like, I'll go to make a return just so I don't have to ship it but (laughs) shopping there
0: and the second piece is that i love the fact that you brought up the that's so cool and this time you did the research i love that how the last name Mm -hmm. it was tied to this person's literal literal identity right like they were their job i don't know if a lot of people recognize that this is something that we do but our world especially in america i don't know about anywhere else we work all the fucking time like work is the way we define our sense of self and we no longer have the last name tied to our identity but now it's like how much do you work how much do you produce how good are you at it and we're the most i think we're so fucking burnt out um yeah (laughs) because like you know you've seen those memes like people on their break on their phone looking at their work email like so they're really not on break right like i i don't know I, I think the this idea of self concept, like the self concept of the of who you are, is something that we we're definitely going to tease apart later on. But it's so important to to recognize who you are with regard to like what you're doing and how they're affecting each other.
1: What that really is is like enmeshment. This whole mm-hmm. like this 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 when the boundaries between who you are and what you do become blurred and you your individual identity as a person outside of work begins to kind of like lose its importance or its value that's enmeshment um and when you're enmeshed in that way it prevents the development of a stable independent sense of self like who are you outside of what you do outside of what you produce right because you are a human like your sheer existence in this world matters outside of what you do Right, Um, but if if who you what you produce is tied into that, then what happens when those lines get blurred? So, how do you know that you're enmeshed? Sasha spoke to it a little bit about like you're on a break, (laughs) but you're not really on a break because you're. (laughs) That's definitely one way to know if you're enmeshed, right? So you think about work when you're not there. It's a main topic of conversation, even with non-work related people, like even outside of the work Mm. environment, you're still kind of like talking about it. It's like the the source of conversation. You find that you don't have a lot of personal or downtime. You haven't developed like hobbies or interests outside of what you do for work. It's hard to connect with people who are not your co-workers, right? So, like, if you're meshed and your identity is part of your work, then it's hard to connect with people who don't exist in that world. So, you find that you you tie yourself worth and your value to your success and what you can produce, um, which is dangerous, obviously. Um, and when people ask you or tell you, like, hey, tell me about yourself, it's all about work. Like, who are you outside of, like, okay, like, hey, I'm Crystal, I'm a social worker. okay. Mm-hmm. And like, where's the
0: rest of that sentence, right? I feel like I feel like because the podcast is mental health related, people are gonna be like, y'all aren't messed, right? <laughs> oh my god, yes! <laughs> like, and 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 it's so funny because it ties to identity. In the first few episodes that Crystal and I uh, presented to you guys mm-hmm. about who we are, yeah, being a mental health counselor is extremely tied to my sense of self. Not necessarily because I am my job, but because I chose this job. Because it fits my personality and what I like to do, I'm in mesh with the mission of my job, the values, the core uh, principles of what it is that it stands for in my life, in my mind, um, and how I live my life. But I'm not in mesh with my specific job per se.
1: I love the distinction that you made with that, Sasha, because for for me, I think about when it comes to work and what you do for work, I think a big piece is talking about values, interests, skills, ability, and personality. Because I think all of these things do kind of tie into the work. I think that there's something to be said about who, like your values align very well with your profession, but those are your values as a person that, Mm -hmm. yes, maybe they might have been shaped by your life experiences, but those were your life experiences, right? Like that's you know like all no matter what it's always going to to shape you and I think that when we talk about internal values um, it's important to make that distinction because you're you know you're talking about like who you are as an individual it's not based on what society has placed on you or what society has deemed valuable for you right because if that was the case you wouldn't be a mental health professional because when we think about what society deems Valuable being in helping professions is often not high on the list. Like when we think about educators, mental health professionals, and stuff like that, like those are not things that society deems as as valuable um, overall.
0: No, but they come running to us when there's a pandemic. Shade. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, accurate shade, but shade. <laughs> <laughs> When we're thinking about what we do want to do for work, I think it is important to look at your values and make sure that you're not you're aligning them with what you actually find valuable and what's not what society finds valuable. I guess to give another example to what Sasha said, so like, let's say you're someone who believes in social justice. There's a lot of ways that that value of like, we should live in a socially just society can interrelate to what you do for work. You can work in government, you can be a community organizer, can work as an educator to shape the minds of the future or work in a nonprofit organization that creates access to, to higher education or just education period, right? Because there's people who don't mm-hmm. even have access to basic education. That's one way that your values can align with what you do. And I think that it takes a, a little bit more thought to to think about those things because it it's really easy to confuse those things because sometimes what you do like your values may lead to a higher paying job or a job that leads to like more prestige right because you can you know be a lawyer right and still believe in social justice right um or if you work it for the government that's technically a high value position or but it's just a matter of like making that distinction about like what what led you to that value um, and that takes a little bit of internal work to figure
0: out. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I, in, you know, in, in training, like you take a career uh, psych course, and I learned a lot about vocational theories and like how people find jobs and like how, you know, like we we talk about personality assessments and stuff, but there's two that I'm going to speak about. But the first one is uh, Linda uh theory of circumscription and compromise. I'm going to preface this with caution because- She's actually very racist now because she does a lot of genetic research, which is so funny because this this theory came out of um, her understanding that women were limited within what it was that's being presented to them from by society, and now she just she's on like a different level of research. I don't agree with everything she has put out there. I'm just putting that out there now, but I do really like the idea of this theory because it's it's very valuable. So what uh, her theory suggests is that. Our interests, our abilities and deciding factors of where our jobs come from has to do with our sense of self, like our self concept. And self concept is, in her words, culturally contingent upon our experiences and it's dependent on like what it how we internalize those things and also who we are as human beings. Basically, we're influenced by our environment and how we practice our own autonomy over ourselves. So there's like a genetic factor, like your temperament, what it is that you like, which is what those personality assessments play into. But then there's also this level of what does your environment allow you to feel you're competent in? So it starts when you're little, right? So orientation to literally physical size and power is when around three to five, So this is the point in time where we actually begin to classify, like, values of what, like, strong versus weak are, adults and child, big and small, right? And then these things have social value to them, so, right, nobody wants to be a weak person, right? You're always going to opt out to be the quote-unquote strong one. So this is when we start noticing like, oh, this is where I put these things into this category, right? And then when you're about six to eight, according to her, you start identifying sex roles, right? Like gendered roles. This is like literal things like, you know, who gets a Barbie, who gets the girl, who gets the boy, the colors, like those things. Like and then you think about the the kinds of roles that these toys have or the representation of cartoons with women versus men. Like I remember I had a client one time, she was an engineering student and she got a she was so cool. And she really loved math and she got a job in, in the field and she was the only woman on her team. And th- that was what she would come to talk to me about all the time. So it, it is a thing, right? And I don't know if it's true that men are smarter with math and blah, blah, blah. I just know that there's limiting beliefs that are presented to us at an early age of what we should and shouldn't do. And this is what this theory is talking about, um, which goes back to our, her next phase, which is an orientation to social evaluation which is when we conceptualize jobs in like these ab- abstract ways, right? Like when you're little or you start thinking, I want to be this and I want to be that. And then we start thinking with what about what you said, right? About income, status. And we start piecing all these things together, like the value, strong, weak, you know, because you're constantly seeing these things. And then when you are orienting to your internal or unique self, it's like 14 years and on, you've already at this point, according to her, have eliminated alternatives, so let's say you always dreamt about being, I don't know, a cheerleader on the, for the New York Knicks and you always saw it. And, and then you realize that I'm not in a position where I couldn't even go to dance school or I can't go to dance school anymore because this or, you know, my mom can't afford it. Right. Like it becomes absolutely eliminated. So you, you're already at that age acknowledging subconsciously that we can't that you can't do certain things. Simple. Right. Like mm-hmm. if I if I said I wanted to be the president, that shit is long gone because that doesn't feel realistic to me anymore. So it's basically what it is you have in your imagination versus what the reality is. So according to her, the act of compromise is exactly that. We're constantly doing this thing with how we've developed in in our environment, where we are going back and forth between what we find possible and what we we actually like because of our own agency. And she has this graph, which is really, and I, I guess I could... I'll put it on the show notes. So it's a graph like on an X and Y axis. And on the X axis, it's it starts off with masculine to feminine. So it's like very masculine, very feminine. On the Y axis, she discusses the prestige of the job level. So this is mainly geared around gender roles and what you think you can and cannot do. And it goes from low to high. So there's a space, and you'll see it if you click on the show notes, where you have your tolerable level boundary like the amount of work you want to put in what you think you're capable of doing up until your tolerable effort boundary like what you can do and what you're willing to put in with regards to the prestige of the job right on the y-axis and then on the x-axis it's basically your tolerable uh gender boundaries right so like a man wanting to be a nurse how far is that man in, in his in his life going to actually push those boundaries within his own comfort, within his own desire to actually be a nurse. People who identify as men may want to be a nurse and may want to be in the hospital, but they don't want to be a doctor. But then they'll scratch the option of being a nurse because it's a woman gendered field. Right. Right. So, and then we have, we're left with, you know, the zone of acceptable alternatives, which is very limiting. And that's why she calls it the, the theory of compromise and circumscription, because we're constantly working with these things that we can and cannot do in our minds, based off of our environment, based off of what people told us, <clears throat> what they never told us. Um, <laughs> and I love this theory because of that, because if you start really thinking about, especially when you're working with college students or you're in college, if you start thinking about what you like versus why you say you want to do something and what you're thinking about you want to do, and it, you start to realize that so many things have limited your options. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wish this is something that people told me because I probably would have gone for my Ph.D. Because I didn't Mm -hmm. think I could get a Ph.D. at all.
1: Oh, um, well, I would say I think it even starts before college. Right. Because I think that if the realm of possibilities had been opened up to you, it wouldn't have taken for you to get a master's and then work to realize you can get a PhD. Also, it's not too late, boo. Like, there's plenty of time to go back to school if that's what you want to do. Know. Bless your soul. I definitely did think I was going to get a PhD and then I went to school. I was like, psych! Um, I don't want to be here for that long. I find that theory very interesting because I think it speaks to a lot of the different factors. I feel like sometimes life gets in the way of your dreams and I, and like, I think that's why I love children and babies because they're so full of hope. I also feel like one thing about work or career that I also think it's a it's a very maybe an American thing. I haven't been overseas, so I I can't say that it's a international phenomenon. But I think like we also focus a lot on because we're because there's so many jobs that have like prestige and things like that. We tend to focus a lot on the things that we can't do. And how do we get better at the things that we can't do instead of focusing on mastery, on the things that we are naturally good at? So I feel like for me, interest, ability, and skills are also things that need to be factored in when thinking about work. Like, are you good at analyzing things, reading data, doing research, planning? organizing are you a thinker are you good with your hands like do you like are you artistic like there's value in all of these things and i think that because we live in a capitalistic world we've assigned value to different things a, a lot of our focus goes toward getting better at things that people think are more valuable and i feel like we need to shift that focus and and like what am i good at what do i enjoy um because it's those are the things that are going to help you feel motivated competent give you a sense of mastery, um, and what you do. You're gonna feel in alignment with yourself and that will make things more enjoyable or at the very least tolerable. Right? Cause you spend mm. like like think about it. Like we're like what Sasha said, we're the nation that spends the most time at work. Like for us, a standard full time job is forty hours a week, but people work sixty hours a week, eighty hours a week, like mm-hmm. way beyond those hours. So I think that it's also important to take that into consideration. And the last thing I will say, I think your personality also should be something that you take into consideration. Like, are you very sensitive? Do you have a high tolerance for stress? Can you multitask? Do you love socializing? Or are you an introvert, right? Um, because all of those things are going to determine like what environment, what work environment works best for you, even within that personality, it's also like priorities. Are you in a time in your life where you can work a few jobs? Like at one point I did work two jobs and it was a lot granted. Um, but I was like, well, I'm single. Like I'm young. Like I have the energy for it. I want to save up. Like this is important to me. It was a decision that I made on a temporary basis. Um, So I think it's also like, what are your priorities? Do you have children? Do you have a family to maintain? Like w- what are the things that do uh, matter to you. Do you want to travel the world, right? Like do you have a partner? Like w- do you want to prioritize your mental health cuz I will say right now we're in what we call the great resignation. Hmm. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um but that's it's changing a lot of our priorities right now. And um similar to what Sasha said, life experiences, like did you grow up first gen, low income, Because that matters. You know, even us, we've said on this podcast, we want to give our children the things that we never had, or we want to provide for the next generation in ways that we weren't provided. That's going to dictate a bit to a certain extent what our values are and what we find important, right? Um, If you grew up with abundance, like if you grew up very well off, then for you, like you might have a greater tolerance for risk because you always know that you have something to fall back on. Whereas if you didn't grow up with that, you're like, no, I want to do something safe. I want security. I want job stability. All of those things um, need to be taken into consideration as well.
0: Okay. So I got really excited when you spoke about first gen because this is obviously personal to me and, and also to you, right? When we, when we come from immigrant parents, our, and I think we touched upon this in the first Gen Identity episode, but specifically to jobs and careers, oh my God, our parents will put so much pressure on us and they have no fucking idea of what they're putting pressure on us for, right? Everything I, I, Everything I wanted to do in life, it was get your career first. I remember that, like, don't get a boyfriend until you get your career. Don't do this until you get a career. Don't do that until you get a career. And it's like, but they don't help. (laughs) And and God, and and I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not in any kind of way throwing shade to the immigrant parents out there because, yo, they bust their asses for us. It's just, it's such a different experience being the child of an immigrant when they're giving you everything they have and you know they are, right? So there's that guilt, like, fuck, I have to live up to their expectations now. But their expectations are also, you know, this it's not established in reality. So you're just kind of like trying to figure it out as you go. They don't have access to these resources that you need to find a job, right? And also, let's talk about what happens when you actually follow their path, right? You figure it out. And then you start thinking about, Oh, I want to be an attorney because that's what my mom has always wanted me to be. And it's like, no, there's no, sometimes there's just no room for your desires, your, what we're talking about, your sense of identity. Your identity is enmeshed, enmeshment, with their sense of self and what they wanted, probably for themselves if they could have had the opportunity here in this country. And that is so fucking confusing.
1: No, yeah, and it puts a lot of pressure. Um, It puts a lot, a lot of pressure because... And, and I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, they're not, like, you don't, you can't fault them for wanting better for you. Um, and you can't fault them for not knowing better. But it's also like, all right, like, where does this separation go? And I think it, you know, we've talked about it a lot. I think it goes back to our values. Because I think, like, even in Latinx, I'll speak to Latinx culture, there's a big sense of community. And, like, my win is their win. Right, mm-hmm. so like wh- whatever happens is like so attached to who who they are and their value as a parent and like were their sacrifices worth it? It is hard. It's it's a very fine fine line to to walk, and I think it's not one of those things that is very easy. It's one thing to know where you want to be, and I think like if that additional level of like growing up first gen, it, it does add a level of challenge or difficulty that may be hard to separate because the conversation isn't just about you, but it's about your family. It's about your community.
0: Crystal and I have a friend who he, I I forgot what his role is, but I know he started off in HR and he's, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. So shout out to him. He knows who he is. Um, But his mom will constantly ask him about the, the Dow Jones, right? Like, how's the market? And he's like, ma, I don't, he's been in his job for like years at this point And he's always like, ma, I don't, I, that's not what I do. Right. But she, th- he was first gen to first one to get uh, his anything in his family. So it's like, there's such a disconnect. So not only did his, in, did his job get influenced by where he came from, but there's still such a disconnect when you already have it. And you're like, that's not what I do. Right. Well,
1: they don't, they don't be understanding. <laughs> I, but just anyone who grew up from like, immigrant or, like, just not American, they're like, what do you do? Especially now when careers are, like, uh, there's careers Mm -hmm. that exist now that did not exist back in the then. Like, you're an influencer, so you're on the internet. You make money from being on the internet? Like, you can do that on your own time. Like, where's your your nine to five desk job? I think, like, because we've morphed into such a different world, I don't think that it fits into their very, like, boxed idea of, this is a nine to five job. Do- oh, you work in investments. So you know about the markets. Like they don't even think like there's other jobs within that like umbrella uh, uh, industry, so to speak. It,
0: and it's so funny because we talk about first gen, right? But then on the flip side, because you also mentioned the parents who, who are attorneys who do have their, their PhDs. First of all, these kids are growing up in a world where that's attainable, period. And it's great, right, because they have the resources. And when you have more access to money, you're more able to, you know, do better because mom and dad did it. And it's it's not something that feels so scary and big because of the fact that people have come before you and because of the fact that there's literally people holding you down. Like, if right, I can go to mom and dad if I don't know what the fuck I'm doing for financial aid, because guess what? They went through it, right? So that's one. And that's what I hope to be for my kids. And what I feel bad for my kids for, if I have kids, is the expectation to do more because i did more not knowing shit right so now there's a, there's a whole added pressure where there's this expectation to fucking do better than what their parents did right because it's normal and like what if that's not your path what if you want to be a snowboarder you know and it's possible and then like how do you steer away from those expectations from those kinds from that parent in that family where things have been established so i think parental expectations are a big role in deciding as, at least here in america i don't i can't speak for any other culture but here in america like what it is you want to do with your next step with your life because it's it's a lot of pressure and and then sometimes parents give too much and then they split. it's yeah this is why i steer away from having kids because it's so convoluted
1: I think, I think about that a lot, too. I'm like, what if my child... Oh, I haven't thought about snowboarding, but now add that to the list of possibilities. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think about, like, what if they want to be, like, an artist and artists struggle? And
0: Yo, there's a lot so, of layers here. There's a lot of layers here. I used to work for an international law office. There, one of their clients was this big jewelry store owner overseas. And this person's child was about like 40 something and literally at 40 something decided they wanted to be a professional snowboarder, which is why I got that example because their parent exceeded like the, um, the, the level of success that they could have. And then how do you measure up to that? Right. And then how do you find yourself? And you're now 40 years old still trying to find yourself. Like that's, that's interesting
1: that that is interesting um and i think again there's so many layers of complex like there's so many different ways that this this can go because it's like okay like we're talking about the first gen immigrant experience it's like they want you to do better it's like but then you know like you're bringing in like what if your parents did the best like you mm-hmm. can never like live up to that then then what do you do or if it's like well my parents did well like i'm just do whatever the fuck i want and like and all of those things are like valid in their own way right like who's to say what's right i i remember i think i heard the story about this guy who created the gopro he wanted he didn't know what he wanted to do i i believe i don't i might be misquoting him but basically like he took a gap year and that's how he invented the gopro because he didn't know what he wanted to do so he decided to travel the world his parents were like here take this money go travel the world and he was like you know it would be really cool if i could take a camera and do these and like record these things and then boom like career like there's just so many ways to like Look at it. um, Invented a whole new, like, camera. Like, it was crazy.
0: Parents must be hella proud.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, But I think, uh, I do feel like, you know, to your point earlier about, like, being 47 and... You know, like just figuring out what you want to do. I think there is also a lot to say about always examining your values and where you are, like your values, your interests, where you are in life, um, what your priorities are on a regular basis, because mm-hmm. life happens like, you know, like where I was at my 20s, where I was like, I'm gonna work two jobs, I'm gonna save up money and stuff like that. Like, please do not come to me with, we, you gotta hustle, what, you gotta do a like, bitch, no, like my mental health. Thank you. That's my priority right now. Like that's what I want to focus on. You know, the reason why I mentioned this is cuz the pandemic has forced people to be more mindful of the influence the time the energy the work that it takes up like that you're at work like at your career right like now that you're living through a like a a health crisis like a literal health crisis like a physical health crisis a mental health crisis like you're dealing with grief you lost loved ones you, you you may have gotten um sick you have to spend more time with families um you know, everyone gets to stay at home, but maybe you're the one who has to be the essential worker going out. So I think that people are in a place right now, where they had a new perspective to life where they had to pause for a second and say, what is actually important to me right now and for my future moving forward. So I think that the pandemic has greatly shifted on those priorities. I know it has for me.
0: I agree with you so much. Um, and it's and this speaks to how my feelings on the pandemic itself, but it, does, it, it it's, it's affecting every piece of our life, right? And we've experienced this big thing that we never thought that we'd ever see. And it's still trippy to me, still to this day. So I can imagine if, even if you're not thinking about it, I think it goes in the back of your mind and it plays itself out, right? How this is affecting careers is so important because I think a lot of people, especially now that mental health is sexy, uh, you know, the- <laughs> <I'm not sexy. laughs> yo, mental health and social justice have become so sexy post pandemic. Um, I feel like right. a fucking rock star being in this field. Like, yeah, bitch, I've been doing this. How about you? Uh, about <laughs> this
1: life. Ask about me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. yo. <laughs> and but because that it's, it's putting, you know, it's, it's at the forefront of our culture, people are going to prioritize these things completely different. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's scary is what it is. And change is scary. Uh, and we're in it for a long time. But I think that you you can either say it negatively or positively, right? Um, there has to be some good that comes out of it, so.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I actually saw a colleague in the bathroom. Um, it's actually Sasha's boss. But anyways, um... <laughs> Um, I ran into her in the bathroom. Um, and she said something to me that really gave words to where I'm at, and I I want to say it in case it gives words to other people about where they may be in terms of like the pandemic and work and what's next in their life. Um, but basically she said to me, "The environment I'm in no longer fits the person I have evolved into,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm like, "These past eighteen months have completely." changed me um, in, in in a lot of ways. Because um, I feel like it's, it's, I'm in a very weird place because I feel like there's a part of me that didn't fully understand myself prior to this pandemic and then I came into this pandemic and I had a lot of time and then I saw a new therapist and I feel like I'm finally seeing glimpses of like who Crystal is and then at the same time I'm also shifting because I have to change into change in terms of like the environment around me is changing so I as a result also have to change whether it's good or bad is irrelevant but like everything around me is changing therefore I need to uh, to adapt and at the same time I also want to adapt in a way that benefits me and not fall back into this pattern of like I'm changing to fit the environment but rather finding the environment that fits the person that I want to be so there's just like so many parallel processes happening right now and then you add like grief i feel like we forget how many people die on a daily basis still from covid and and then but then it's also like you also want to live a regular life and then you're at you're at work which you may be at home physically doing like so like those lines get blurred between like being at home and what your responsibilities there are versus you know what you do for work there's just so many Different things. I, I will say. I think I'm at this point burned out from life. I thought it was work,
0: but it's life. It just has me burned out. I I kind of came to the same realization that I think that every, like I kept honing in on different parts of myself. Like, oh, this is changing. This is different. This is different. And no, it's not just that. It's the f- the the pandemic, the the whole staying home, going back, not knowing. um yo, like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Um, so, and we have to think about our careers.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I think also like some people at lost, you know, for our jobs, some people are ready. Like they're like normal, no pandemic. Don't care. Like, I don't even think that it's, they don't care about safety. I don't think that they want to continue to face the reality That we're in or they have the privilege of not really like thinking about it in the ways that others think about it and then other people are like no safety why am I here like I can do this from home I can stay on zoom and there's just like a really big disconnect in regards to what people's priorities are and I think that it also makes um, being in a work environment very challenging because it's like No one seems to be in alignment. And then you also have to like prioritize yourself. And I think that that's what has led to the great resignation, which is basically it's the name for what's happening now as a result of the pandemic where people are resigning at alarmingly high rates. So an NPR article stated that in April of 2021, four million people left their jobs and it happened again in June
0: choice their year. choice for hmm? by choice
1: yes mm-hmm. okay yeah um so and the reasons why people left varied from money right like they want to make more money like if you're gonna have me working like this you are gonna pay me accordingly right um some people need more flexibility um some people need time to find happiness me uh, <laughs> many people are rethinking what, like, what does work mean to, mean to me? Is work a means, uh, you know, like, is work part of my identity? Is it what brings me value to my life? Or is work just a means for paying my bills? Do I live to work? Do I work to live? You know, their, their values are changing. And I, also, sometimes some people left because they just felt unsafe like outwork, like this is not a physically safe place for me to be in when we're faced with something like the pandemic that reminds us how transient things are and how, how I feel like sometimes like how fragile life is like it can change at the it can change in the next minute like by the time that this podcast ends, your life could potentially have completely changed, right? Like, I think when you're faced.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 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 No, because I'm, like, I'm easily triggered lately. uh, So that shit hit me hard because it's real. Uh, And then, like, then you feel like you're, like, in an abyss. Like, you don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah, I get
1: that. Yeah, like, when you're you're forced into that environment, it makes you reevaluate what makes living or life worth your while. And like, what do you want? Like, what do you need to find joy? Like, truly find joy. Like, not even happiness. Like, joy, right? Because happiness is very fleeting. Um, what are your real priorities? Uh, what's and what's been getting in the way of you focusing on yourself? Like, is it your parents? Is it you? Like, you know, like, is it this emmeshment of like career and identity? And I think like now that we finally had enough time to sit, I think though like that emmeshment like is starting to like the the strength of it is starting to really wane when other things become priorities and it's kind of starting to like separate. Um, so I think it's, it's this great resignation really is people, I hope people coming back to themselves and who they truly are.
0: Mm. So I love that you said that because um, another one of my favorite like theories in within careers is Donald Super's development of the, the self concept and how that um, is placed in with and how that self-concept changes over time and how we develop um, within our career as a result, right, of our experiences and who we are. Um, he also has like developmental phases. So I'm just going to name them. I'm not going to talk too much about them. So one is growth uh, happens from zero to 14 years um two is exploration 15 to 24 you know you're trying things out so growth is kind of like similar to god You're just figuring yourself out exploration you're actually trying them out establishment you actually have a job you're figuring it out you're like implementing figuring out oh i can do this maintenance um it's characteristics where you're like able to kind of continue having the job that you have but also improving within that route within that job And the last one is decline. It's kind of like end of life where you start realizing, like, I don't want to work anymore, right? But what I like about his model is that he leaves room for what he calls um, vocational maturity, which it doesn't correspond to chronological age. It's just because you have a job, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay in that job. It means that you have to go through this process one through four all over again. Or maybe one through five, right? Because there are people who make complete shifts within their job or career interests, right? Like I know people who used to be attorneys and then they became mental health counselors at different phases of their life because it was more fulfilling, right? So it's this constant moving back and forth within these experts, the exploring yourself, getting to know yourself. And it doesn't end just because you're at a certain age, um, which I really, really like within his career model. He he has this thing called the life rainbow. It's called the life rainbow because it's literally in a rainbow form, but he has each stage around the rainbow and then he has the ages kind of going up with within the rainbow, and then he has the developmental pieces within roles that we play out in society. Um, and he talks about like environmental factors, personal factors, and situational factors. And if you really look at it, you start to notice like how these life roles and how these stages are influencing the other. And it's just a very in depth way of looking at yourself as opposed to just saying, "Oh, I have." My personality type is, I think mine is INFJ. So now I have to become a, a therapist, right? That's very linear. And what I like about the life, about Super's model and like his rainbow and also Gottfrin's model and how she maps out um, how we limit our own selves. It has depth and it's, it's, it explains who you are as a human being as opposed to what you're just doing. Sometimes careers are spoken about as a thing you do, but I really do believe that culturally- whether we recognize it or not, like now that we're talking about it more, it's who you are. Like, there's, it's, 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 it's huge in regards to your identity. And I, and I know that because when things go bad, yo, I suck as a person. When things go bad at work, I, like, what did I do? What did I get myself into? Um, and I don't know if anybody else is like that, but it's, it's a lot of who I am. And I can imagine that a lot of people feel the same.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I do think that people um, feel the same. Even thinking about this episode, like, I, I think there's some people who go to work and they just do their jobs and they go home. And they separate that, right? Like, jo- like a job is a means to an end. Um, and I feel like I'd be curious to, like, find those people. I mean, I'm not going to actually do this, but, like, find those people and, like, ask them questions. Or somebody do a study. Or if someone has already done a study, like, please send them my way. I'd be curious. We've been talking a lot about, like, how do you align your sense of self with your career to the point where it's not enmeshed, but it's in alignment, right? Like, it's not a fuzzy line, but it just makes sense in your life. But what if another way to look at it is to say, like, my job is here to pay my bills and what I do outside of my job fulfills me? And because you like maybe you are a really great accountant. And then you want to be an artist and that's what you spend your free time doing. And that's what also fills your sense of self. Sorry. I know. I feel like I went off on a tangent, but I just no. made me think of
0: that. No, you're completely right. You didn't go off on a tangent. Actually. I, I like that you said that because it, 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 it go, again, it goes back to where you are in life. It all, you could be an artist if you have the means to support yourself from the job that you mm-hmm. did that you were, it was just a means to an end. Right. And another reaction that I had to what you just said is, I don't think that all jobs, especially now in this day and age, are give much room to just be a means to an end, right? You think about mm-hmm. Google and their whole movement to making a job satisfactory and a place that you want to be in, because what does that do? It it increases productivity, right? Mm-hmm. So I seeing this, just seeing the world as I don't think I don't know maybe. Maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't think our world can contain that anymore. And then there are some jobs, like blue collar job versus white-collar jobs, where and maybe we're talking about more like white collar jobs, but blue collar jobs, if you have a skill, like a vocational skill and you got it like in a a two year program and you like it and it fulfills you, yo, God bless you. But even those jobs, I don't know if you be doing a good job overall if you don't like it, right? Like no matter what you choose to do, like Yo, just have some kind of passion about it. Even if your passion is to be an artist and be on the street corner, like yo, really figure out how you're connected to that with a sense of purpose, as opposed to just doing it, because it does affect your your overall productivity, even if it's just the means to an end.
1: I also think that a another piece to that is I don't I to back to an earlier point that I think you made. I don't think we live in a world that allows for that. Uh, we don't exist in a world where, at least in the U.S. Again, I'm about to move overseas, y'all. Y'all about to never see me again. (sighs) I also think, like in the U.S., it it just doesn't allow for that. Um, because I think, like we, again, it's all about productivity and capitalism. So um, there's a lot of nuance, um, here, uh, to this conversation. And I think, like for me, what I'm hoping the biggest takeaway from what I I'll speak for myself, from what I've said is that you discover is your job something that is connected to your identity, your ego, your sense of self because when you find that out like the way that I found that out, that shit will fucking smack you in the face and Mm. that was, it was an intense time for me and I'm still working um, through that and kind of like peeling back the layers of that particular onion Um, but I hope that one, you're able to do that in a way that make sense for you and then two, just find the the alignment for yourself because I think like you who you are as a person um, your mental health and your well-being truly does um, rely on it
0: yeah absolutely and you know it's (laughs) I feel like people are so sick of hearing us say this but you know it really even if you just take the models that I talked about and you just do a little bit of work, right? A little bit of work. I'm not saying every damn day, but just do a little bit at a time like, and commit to yourself and figuring out who you are. How does this look? If you want to change those things and yo, by all means, if you, no judgment on my end, if you just want your job as a means to an end, but recognize what that's going to leave you with. And then also Mm -hmm. don't expect to have something different that doesn't match up with your actions of having a means to an end kind of job. I think that's fine, Um, but just do the work. Like, do the work and actually being thoughtful of who you are.
1: Yeah. So, in conclusion, as the <sighs> conclusion to every other episode, do the work.
0: Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> always. Always. Yo. Yo. Um. <laughs>
1: All right, everyone. Well, that was our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this information was insightful to you. Uh, As always, uh, you can let us know what you thought by emailing us at nevertolduspod at gmail.com or if you just want to follow us because we're so cool and we have such great information, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at nevertolduspod.
0: Yes, and as always, make sure to come back next week so we can tell you what they never told us.